pray that the grace the Lord would abide. Greetings in the most beloved name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to our Bible study lessons. Lessons which only address timely revelations, present sealing truth, meet in season for God is Church today, Seventh-day Adventist. These purposed lessons have twofold purpose. One, to announce the soon coming judgment of the living which God's people are soon to meet. Two, to call them to a decided action to separate themselves from all worldings and worldliness and anchor themselves on the solid rock by obedience to all truth known to this denomination if we are to escape the soon coming ruin. Please make use of our PDF files for the respective subjects for visual aid. May you be blessed as you listen and study prayerfully. Our study is titled Elijah of Today. Elijah of Today, who is he? Part 1 Here we are going to consider a background of this subject. And what does the Bible say about this topic? What will enable us to identify him, the Elijah of today? What is the great and dreadful day of the Lord? Is ancient Elijah to reappear in person? Before we venture into our study, our text for meditation, our prayer thought, is found from the book, Selected Messages, Book 1, page 128. It says, a revival and a reformation must take place under the ministration of the Holy Spirit. Revival and reformation are two different things. Revival signifies a renewal of spiritual life, a quickening of the powers of mind and heart, a resurrection from spiritual death. Reformation signifies a reorganization, a change in ideas and theories habits and practices. A reformation will not bring forth the good fruit of righteousness unless it is connected with the revival of the Spirit. Revival and reformation are to do their appointed work, and doing this work they must blend. The Review and Herald, February 25, 1902. Close quote. Here we see what God calls the revival and reformation, dear brethren. Are we seeing this in our lives? Are we seeing this in our families? In our churches? Let us now consider the background of this topic. The Supper School Department of our denomination SDA Church through the Quarter Lessons Bible Study Guide titled Turning Hearts in the End Time. It was the second quarter, 2019. Very recent, dear brethren, very recent. The author says, In a sense, we as Adventists see ourselves in the role of John the Baptist. The herald of reform and repentance sought to prepare the way for the first coming of Jesus. We, as a movement, see ourselves doing the same for the second coming. 
close quote. Here the author is giving us an idea that we as a people, we as a church, we as a movement are the Elijah of today, doing the same work as John the Baptist. But now we pose a very important question. Are we the Elijah of today as a movement? As a church, are we the Elijah of today? Let's open our Bibles on Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 and 6 to hear what the Bible has to say for itself. Verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Verse 6, And you shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The Bible is too plain to be misunderstood, for it says, I will send you Elijah the prophet, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And verse 6 says, And he, a pronoun he is used to signify that this will be a masculine, a man, whosoever the prophet is, is supposed to be a masculine, a he, a man. Let us hear what inspiration has to say from the book, General Conference Special, page 5. Page 5, it says, In the light which this prophecy shares on the subject, no one can possibly escape the conclusion that a prophet, a person, is to be sent before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And that thus only can there be a group of people in connection with Elijah's message. The scriptures make definite and show the promise, the time and the work, also the way to our security in the great and dreadful day, lest, as says the Lord, I come and smite the earth with a curse. Malachi 4 verse 6 Here we see that inspiration is saying, no one can possibly escape the conclusion that a prophet a person is to be sent before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Clear it is, dear brethren. But there is a great danger which we should be mindful of as a people of God. On the same book, page 6, it says, However, I will remind you, brethren, that no prophet of God has ever been welcomed by the church. To repeat, however, I would remind you, brethren, that no prophet of God has ever been welcomed by the church. On the contrary, each in his time was rejected, abused, and most of them were martyred by the ones to whom they were sent, the very ones who were supposed to be serving God. Indeed, the Lord himself paid the same price. For this very reason we must remember that when the last prophet comes, he will have the greatest opposition to meet. For Satan well knows that if he loses now, he loses forever. What makes Elijah's work especially hard is that 
Christendom has long been drilled in the idea that no prophet is to come, that there is no necessity for one, that it has enough revealed truth to carry it inside the pelicates. It is therefore only to be expected that the predicted Elijah will be denounced as a false prophet, perhaps even as the Antichrist, offshoot, or what not. Here we see a danger we as a people of God are prone to fall into. History has a tendency to repeat itself. Let's be very careful, dear brethren, not to reject God's messengers. Now, what will identify him? What will identify this Elijah of today? We want to know. We want to know. Same book, General Conference Special, page 7, it says, Thus will be the devil's deal while the day of God is approaching, and while Elijah is making the announcement of it, as the school unrolls, and while the prophecies concerning the day of God are being unsealed, his work and his interpretation of the prophecies for the great day will identify him as the promised Elijah, the prophet. Testimonies to Ministers, page 475. And this will enrage the devil as never before. Nevertheless, one is only safety will be in the teaching of Elijah. For there will be no other voice of timely truth and authority to whom one may turn, and others will lead their victims blindfolded into petition. Here we see that inspiration is saying his work and his interpretation of the prophecies for the great day will identify him as the promised Elijah the prophet. Do we know his work? Have you heard of these interpretations of the prophecies about the great day? Let's continue to read on page 8, where we are told to count the evidences of what God gives us. He says, Do not henceforth leave in the hands of others your investigation of the subject. This is my call. This is your call to your brethren. Do not henceforth leave in the hands of others your investigation of the subject. After hearing the evidences, you alone in the closet of prayer and with the aid of the Spirit can determine whether the Elijah has come or whether he is yet to come. Do not, though, forget that the message which he proclaims will in itself bear the divine credentials of truth and that no priest or prelate can decide for you who the Elijah may or may not be. No, not even the appearance of what his message is doing or not doing, or whether it is prospering or disintegrating, can be taken as evidence that God is in it. And neither can numbers of adherents, for such have never signified a right cause at any time. Not even in the day Christ himself preached the gospel of the kingdom. The message he brings is the only thing to go by. Here we see a warning that on our own, as an individual, 
were supposed to take it to the Lord in prayer, count the evidences, plead with the Spirit to show us whether the Elijah has come or he is yet to. And again, the message which he proclaims will in itself bear the divine credentials of truth that no priest or prelate can decide for you who the Elijah may or may not be. What is the great and dreadful day of the Lord? What is the great and dreadful day of the Lord? Page 10 of the same book says, Important as it is, however, to keep in mind the time in which to expect Elijah is, is before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Yet, just this knowledge alone is insufficient. To know when and what the great and dreadful day itself is, is all important. Without this knowledge, who could possibly discern Elijah when he should come? That this knowledge not escape us. Inspiration is at pains again to locate the day through Malachi's prophecy. Let's open our Bibles, the book Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Verse 1 says, Behold, I'll send my messenger. I'll send my messenger. Who is Elijah, the prophet of chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I'll send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom he seek shall certainly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom he delight in, Behold, he shall come, say the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. That they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Here inspiration is saying, he will send his messenger, Elisha the prophet of chapter 4 verse 5. And take note, the Lord here is coming suddenly to his temple, his sanctuary, the church. Let us read a comment on this verse from page 11 of the same book, General Conference Special, page 11 says, The day of the Lord, we are told in these verses which we have just read in Malachi chapter 3. The day of the Lord, we are told in these verses, is a day of refining, of purifying, of sifting. Moreover, the question, who may abide the day of his coming, points out with sharp emphasis that some will not stand, that they will fall out during the shaking, early writings, page 270, and not abide the process of refining, testimonies for the church, volume 5, page 80. And testimonies, volume 8, page 250. So here we see that the great and dreadful day of the Lord is none other than the judgment of the living. The day in which God refines, purifies, sifts out the tears from the wheat. A day of refining. Now, we can ask a question. Who is going to be shaken out? Who is going to be shaken out out of God's church? 
page 11 says, Shall it be you? Shall it be me? To be shaken out. Is the greatest question before us. It cannot, though, be either of us if we are intelligently determined not to let it be. Assuredly, brethren, not one need to be in uncertainty. All may for a surety know both the day and the Elijah as he proclaims it, because to our surprise he will point out that every Bible prophet describes the day and also tells what the Lord would have us do while it is approaching and, and subsequently while we are going through it. All will see that no one but Elijah can proclaim the day. So we are supposed to see that each and every prophet from the Bible, from Moses up to John, that they wrote about this great and dreadful day of the Lord, the judgment of the living. Why is the Lord sending this prophet Elijah? Is he of necessity to us as a church? Why is the Lord sending him? As the last prophet to SDA, page 19 of the same book says, This surely confirms the conclusion that since Elijah is to herald the great day, he can therefore be the only one who will rightly interpret the prophecies of the day, which are still mysteries to Christendom and even to our own denomination, SDA. Indeed, to retaliate, it is for this very reason that the prophet is sent. He is to unroll the scroll to explain what the day of the Lord is like, and what the Lord will do then, and how we may survive his judgments. To re-emphasize the fact, let it be said again that being the last of the prophets Elijah is, therefore, the only one who can open to our understanding all the prophecies of the scriptures pertaining to the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Prophecies which heretofore have been only mysteries to all. Thus he is, as scriptures say, to blow the trumpet in Zion and to sound an alarm in Goddess Holy Mountain in the church. Here we see that God is saying the reason Elisha is sent it is because he is to explain prophecies of the day which are still mysteries to Christendom even to our denomination. We are going to see in our coming studies that there are prophecies which we are yet to understand as a people of God. So we encourage you to stay tuned and hear what God has to offer in this hour, in this day. Now, again, we are going to see that the Elijah of today is the last prophet to be sent to God's church, just like John the Baptist was the last prophet to be sent to the Jewish church. Page 23 
of the same book, General Conference Special, page 23, says, Since the promised Elijah is to be the last prophet to the church today, as John the Baptist was the last prophet to the church in his day, and since the last work on earth is the judgment of the living, the truth stands forth like the light of the day that Elijah's message is the message of the judgment for the living. The last which in the very nature of the gospel is of far more importance and consequence than any other message ever born to a people. This message is of far more importance and consequence than any other message ever born to a people. Is ancient Elijah to reappear in person? Elijah the Tishibite. Are we going to see him in person? Today. Page 31 of the same book. Page 31 of the same book says, Now the question, is the ancient prophet Elijah himself to reappear? Or is some other having the same spirit and power to take his place? John the Baptist's statement that he himself was not the Elijah. And Jesus' statement that John was the Elijah of that day, not of our day. Clear three points. Clear three points. One, that John was not in any sense of the word fulfilling the mission of the Elijah who is to come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. But that he, the last prophet of the church of his day, simply came in the spirit and power of Elijah to prepare the way for the Lord's first advent. So it is that the Elijah of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the last prophet to the church of this day, he comes in the same spirit and power to prepare the way for the Lord's second advent. Secondly, the second point, that as John was the Elijah of his day, yet not Elijah the Tishibite himself, then the promise of the prophet Elijah is not necessarily to be fulfilled in person by the ancient prophet himself. Third point, that as Elijah of Christ's first advent was one person, and also as the Elijah of Mount Carmel of old was one person, not a multitude of priests, then by parity of reasoning, the Elijah of today must also be one person, not a multitude of ministers. We see three clear points here that John the Baptist, who prepared the way for the Lord's first advent, came in the spirit and power of Elijah, was not the Elijah himself, but was the Elijah of that day. And again, since John the Baptist was the Elijah of his day, yet not Elijah the prophet himself, then the promise of Elijah the prophet is not necessary to be fulfilled in person by the ancient prophet himself. Lastly, as Elijah of Christ's day was one person, and Elijah the Tishibite was one person, the Elijah of today should be, by the same logic, be one person, not a multitude of priests, or ministers. 
our conclusion for the study, our conclusion for the study, the church's view of Elijah of today is totally a deception, a fraud. We are not, as a movement, the Elijah of today. A person, a prophet, is to be sent, and only after, as he is sent, can there be a group or a movement in connection to his message. Secondly, the great and dreadful day of the Lord is the judgment of the living, the day in which God purifies his church, not the second coming of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, his work and interpretation of the prophecies concerning the great and dreadful day of the Lord will identify him. Lastly, just like the John the Baptist, the Elijah of today should be the last prophet to our church, SDA, and his message is of far greater importance than any ever given to mankind because of its work and its nature. For more information, if you have any further questions, comments, or you would like to obtain a print copy of the ordinary tech literature, like this book which you have been reading, General Conference Special, that gives the complete details on this most important subject. To arrange for a formal Bible study at your convenience, please feel free to contact us at any time. Contact details upa7.org.zim Email address upa7zim at gmail.com Phone number plus 263-776-720-304 You can as well contact our brethren in South Africa Email address info at upa7.co.za Phone number plus 27-769-708-263 Website www.upa7.co.za Our brethren in US Email address upa5354 at gmail.com Phone number 860-798-3672 Website www.yparish.org Our brethren in the islands of Solomons in Vanuatu Email address upa 7 Vanuatu at gmail.com Phone number 678-774-6612 May you be blessed as you continue to seek God's truth like never before. Remember to prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Godspeed. Pray that our love